Hello and welcome to Infinite Pixels. I'm your host, Ryan, and this month I'm joined, as always, by... Jordan. Hello. Each month we come together to talk about a video game we think is fun, important, or just interesting. Last month we talked about Half-Life. This month we're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. I'm glad you didn't say TMNT because I kept on wanting to call it TMNT in like notes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, I shouldn't do that because that's not the full title. Well, it's usually it's way easier to type TMNT than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But uh, the game's official title is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. It came out last year, which would, would have been summer of 2022. Uh, it is for all current generation platforms and PC and even a few extra current generation platforms. Um, but basically, it is a Ninja Turtles beat-em-up. Anything you have to say uh, about it right off the bat, Jordan? Uh, no. Uh, would, I, I don't have, like, any experience with Ninja Turtles, like, at all. Well, do you have any experience with this developer? Because uh, Tribute Games is the company that developed this, right? No, I had never heard of this developer when when I saw this game. I... I, I, I I don't have any experience with with really that many beat em ups. I don't have that much experience with teenage teenage mutant ninja turtles, so I I was like, okay, just <laughs> two things that, you have no experience with. Yeah, it's kind of like what happened when we did like uh, when we did the uh, I guess you played the Stanley Parable, but like mm-hmm. when we did the um, the beginners the guide. beginners guide, and I was like, here's this, and you were like. I mean, I played the Stanley Parable kind of a little bit, but not really. No, yeah, I, I played that and I was like, this definitely feels like it's by the guy who made the Stanley Parable. You yeah. Know? And I imagine you are like, this definitely feels like a Ninja Turtles beat-em-up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm surprised you hadn't been involved or heard of anyone who was involved with this game because um, I looked up who the director of Shredder's Revenge was. It's a person named... Conathan Levine, I hope I'm saying that right, Levigny, whatever, uh, they uh, also made a game called Panzer Paladin. Panzer Paladin, have you heard of that game? I've never heard of that game. It came out on Switch a couple of years ago, or for multiple platforms, uh, but it is on Switch. And it looks really interesting. It's like a retro-style throwback um, side-scroller. Like, okay. Kind of look like Mega Man-esque to me, but with a little bit more layers to the gameplay. Yeah, there's so much that comes out nowadays that, you know, it's kind of hard to miss. Or, mm-hmm. excuse me, it's, it's kind of, it's easy to miss what's coming out. Especially on Switch, because Switch has the same kind of store that Steam has, where people just upload a bunch of games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Panzer Paladin definitely seemed like uh, more of a quiet release. I, I didn't, I, like I said, I'd never heard of it um, before this, which is a shame because it looks fun. Do you think that they developed that kind of in a way to present to Nickelodeon to say, hey, we want to make a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Here's what we're capable of. So I think... What happened was another team was actually working on a Turtles in Time follow-up. And okay. uh, the that whatever team that was, and I'm, I'm misremembering this. I didn't write it in my notes, so I'm going from memory. But I think whatever team was working on the Turtles in Time follow-up 
for some reason they dropped out or Nickelodeon didn't like their pitch or something. Um, and uh, what the pieces that were left, uh, Tribute Games came in and gave a different pitch and said, we want to do it more like the 80s Ninja Turtles. We want to, in fact, make it like lean in heavily on that stuff. And we want to do like a layered kind of beat em up style. And we have some ambitious goals with multiplayer. And I think for whatever reason, Nickelodeon or Viacom or whoever was like, oh, you know what? That sounds fine. Go for it. Um, and I'm willing to bet that what they showed as sort of a proof of concept was Streets of Rage uh, 4. Uh, or I know they did Streets of Rage. Yeah, I, uh, the, mo- the most recent one. I, the, the, the other thing that I heard is that the developers of this, it has people from uh, Scott Pilgrim, the Spock yes. Scott Pilgrim game. Mm-hmm. So I was like, uh, like as I was watching more footage of this game, I was like, that makes complete sense. Absolutely. I Even uh, before I played this game, I was like, this really, or excuse me, yeah, yeah, no, before I played this game, and I had only seen the trailer, it was like, that looks like uh, the same energy as Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the game. Um, have you played Scott Pilgrim versus the World? No, I haven't played it. I read the comics, I borrowed them from you, mm-hmm. I didn't really like the movie that much. I think believe I watched the movie before I read the comics, and then... I was like, I don't really like this that much, so I never played the game. Sure. And I know that the Scott Pilgrim game got removed from stores uh, yeah, from for digital. a while and just came back like, yes. uh, last year, I think. Yeah, um, and that's a great game, in my opinion. Like, As far as the things that are great about Shredder's Revenge, um, Scott Pilgrim shares a lot of those points. Like, The music in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is great. The graphics are really fun and uh, have really expressive animation. Um, I'm not, not sure if you're familiar with the band Anamaguchi. Anamaguchi? Yes, thank you. Anima, you are familiar with them. <laughs> they did the theme song for Teen Titans. Oh, no, that's uh, Puffy oh, no, Ami Yumi. You're right. <laughs> you're right. That's Puffy Ami Yumi. They're another, like, uh, hey, kind of tribute-ish band I for think, the 80s stuff i think i think hi hi or puffy amiyumi i think was just like a japanese pop band oh and never mind anamaguchi is like a anamanaguchi anamanaguchi thank you they're like a um synth 8-bit chiptune band okay never mind that's what it's called chiptune i should know this because i know damon hatfield from uh game scoop from ign used to Talk about Anamanaguchi. Yeah, they're inspiration pretty. They do like for his world, music. They do world tours, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're pretty popular. Their music is really good. The Scott Pilgrim game is a lot of fun. Um, it's a beat 'em up that I have played. Um, I've also played Castle Crashers. That's another beat 'em up that uh, I I haven't played as much of, but I know you're pretty familiar with Castle Crashers. I played a, played a ton of Castle Crashers because uh, when you're a kid and you know you don't have access to a lot of money you want games that are really long and that was a game that was by a bunch of newgrounds guys uh by the behemoth um and i was like oh okay like i want to play that i love newgrounds and then um i went through it and i was like that was really fun mm-hmm. and i just kept going through it because i was in the heyday of xbox live and 
and whatnot. So And that's a great game to play with your friends too. Yeah. I remember just going over to like my grandpa uh, grandma's and my grandma I I feel so bad now. But <laughs> I would just like go into another room with my brother and we would just play um Castle Crashers and like other stuff. And I feel bad now. I'm like I shouldn't have done that. I should have hung out with my grandma more. But you know well, that's how it you're goes. A kid. Yeah, when you're a kid you don't think that way. You think these old people are boring. They're not Castle Crashers. Yeah. I played Castle Crashers when it was re-released recently. Um, and real quick, I want to say, sorry if my throat is scratchy. I've got a bit of a scratchy throat right now. Um, but <laughs> I just want to, I know someone. I didn't even notice. Yeah. I, I hope yeah. S- someone with a keen ear is going to listen to me. Like, yeah. Hey. The, uh, Brent's going to listen in and, and say that. Yeah. Well, I I just visited Brent where he lives, uh, and I was we were out clubbing and I was screaming, which is probably why I have a scratchy throat. Um but Castle Crashers is a fun game, but I'm not a particularly big fan of the beat 'em up genre. Neither um, am I. Games like Castle Crashers, they wear thin pretty quick for me, uh like in the grand scheme of things. I could play them for, you know, Two or three hours, but then I, I get kind of bored, honestly. Same. Uh, honestly, that's like the exact same thought that I have for these beat-em-up games. I I believe it's probably because neither of us grew up with arcades, really. So we didn't really grow up with um, Turtles in Time and like the arcade and, yeah. and other beat-em-ups that you would play. I mean, yeah, because they're classic arcade games. Like, uh, there's... In, in fact, I think beat-em-ups basically, if they didn't debut in the arcade arcade scene, they certainly thrived more than any other genre. Yeah, because they're coordinators. I mean, if you, if you don't know what a beat-em-up is, it's just a side-scrolling game where you have a character and you walk across screen and then beat people up and you have like a certain amount of lives and then a special meter usually. And you can do like a few different moves with inputs. So. Yeah, they're they're very um, fun with multiplayer too. Especially, you know, in the arcade, people go there with their friends. You can all crowd around one machine and play the same game with four characters on the same screen, and just walk to the right and push the punch button and do pretty well. So it's yeah. popular gameplay format. Uh, you know, popular uh, of a certain time era too. Um, the nineties late 80s and well into the 90s, beat-em-ups were uh, really big in the arcade scene. You know, uh, the Simpsons Arcade is a classic beat-em-up, Streets of Rage, uh, and even uh, Turtles in Time, which uh, is one of several Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles beat-em-up games. Turtles in Time, I think many people consider to be one of the best uh, beat-em-ups of all time. Yeah. Um, I have not played Turtles in Time other than when we've gone to um, Galpin Ghost. Yeah, Galpin Ghost. Otherwise, I, I'm like I don't have any experience really with with uh, with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video games or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like in general. Uh, so you've never? I know we've watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two: Secret of the Ooze. Yeah, I mean, I guess I can go into my experience with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and then you could go into yours. Sure. Because for me, uh, I didn't grow up with it. Um, my cousins 
would watch it, I think, the 2003 show, and I played the 2003 show's GBA game, which was pretty good. It was another um, beat-em-up. Sure. Side-scrolling beat-em-up. Um, and I had fun with that. Um, I, I don't think I ever beat it because it was really hard. Um, but I, I didn't have any of the toys. I didn't have... I, I didn't, like, run around pretending to be, like, Mikey or, or anything like that. I was interested in Power Rangers and Star Wars a lot when I was, like, the age where people, um, like, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so. Did you know that Ninja Turtles did a crossover with Power Rangers? No. Yeah, the live-action show. Uh, the live-action show, I think... Only went on for like 22 episodes, but mm. one of those episodes was a Power Rangers crossover. That's interesting. I'm sh- uh, uh, are they using the same company that did like the the uh, Super Sentai suits? Uh, for the Ninja Turtles? Yeah. I don't know, actually. That's probably why they did it. Um, I, I, I think the Ninja Turtles TV show was an American production. So I doubt that it was the same company who does the Super Sentai stuff. Because I don't remember if... I don't know that. I don't have that much history with um, Power Rangers now. I only, you know, in the last decade or two... Not decade or two. Uh, I'm not that old. <laughs> he has to say uh, barely two decades. Uh, decade. You mean three. Um, You're not three yet. I'm almost. Yeah. What do you mean Barely. Well, I mean, anyway, regardless, <laughs> um, you're 20 exactly on the dot today. I wish. That'd be sick. I know. <laughs> a lot more life to go. Um, but anyway, the uh, the Super Sentai show, I didn't really figure out that that was what Power Rangers was for a while. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until probably like around when I started to really get into like Mega 64 and their stuff, because Rock was really into Power Rangers. Isn't it so funny how, like, when I was a kid, I would watch Power Rangers, and I would always be like, why does Rita Repulsa, like, her mouth doesn't match Yeah. Like, is that an error? I didn't even think about that. Well, see, I, for years, I was like, I don't know why that's like that. I I just liked to see the Power Rangers beat up monsters. I I didn't care about, like, the storylines that much. It's so funny, though, like, when you learned that Power Rangers was... To was Super Sentai cut into a different show, basically. Yeah. You kind of it kind of clicks with your brain where you're like, oh, I guess they never showed their faces when they're in the suits. Oh, I never even realized yeah. that. But yeah, I don't. Uh, I I don't have much in the way of experience with teenage teenage mutant ninja turtles. Uh, I pretty much just have experience from you, just f- from uh, proximity. Uh, you being like, oh, this cool thing. Like I know we went and. <laughs> met Robert England uh, at one point, yeah. like, uh, close, I mean, almost a decade ago, maybe at this point. I think it was 2013. Um, and we were like, uh, I was like, oh, I, I haven't seen A Nightmare on Elm Street, but like, I, I think this movie looks rad and I, you know, I like all the clips that I've seen and you were like, did you know he he's, or no. No, no. Can I tell you exactly yeah, what go, happened? Go ahead. I, I remember it. So yeah. Uh, Robert England, who is the actor who plays Freddy Krueger in A Nightmare on Elm Street, was appearing at our local theater, and you were like, hey, let's get tickets and go, because it seems cool. And I was like, oh my god, hell yeah. So I drove back 
from college, from being away at college for a weekend to go to this event with you to meet Robert England. We waited in line for like three or four hours. It was a long time. And we weren't old enough to drink. Otherwise, we no. would, probably would have had drinks in the line. Um, <clears throat> but we get up to Robert England and we're making small talk with him and he's really nice. And um, I mentioned like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of your voiceover work. And, and he was like, oh, well, uh, you'll be a fan of, uh, you know, uh, coming soon. I'm playing uh, the killer beaver. I just did a voiceover role as the killer beaver on the new Ninja Turtles cartoon, which is the 2012 3D animated Nickelodeon Ninja Turtles cartoon. And I was like, oh, my God. And he was like, yeah, I don't think that's out there yet, but I just recorded that. And we walked away and you were like, you got the Ninja Turtles exclusive from Robert England, which is really funny because that episode didn't air for like two or three years. Yeah. It, it felt like it. I, yeah. I think I think you could look it up because we said you know we probably met him in like 2013 or whatever, and it was it was a while. Yeah, before I, that came out for sure. It was so in the can forever. I felt very privileged walking around with the knowledge that Robert England will someday play the Killer Beaver on the Ninja Turtles cartoon. Like that's how like it, you were like ecstatic because. Yeah. You love Ninja Turtles. I was watching the the cartoon that he was talking about that he recorded for. Uh-huh. I was watching it at the time. Like when we went to see him, I, I was watching the first season in, as, as a freshman in college. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, I I don't think I've seen a single episode of the 80s show. I maybe watched the 2003 show and thought this was dumb. <laughs> uh, and then I, I've seen maybe like two episodes of the 2012 show. I, I have... Never seen any of the movies except for Secret of the Ooze because the Comedy Button, which is a podcast uh, I listened to when it was still airing, uh, did a commentary track for it back uh, whenever they did it. Uh, And then I saw it twice, once when uh, uh, I watched on my own and Mm -hmm. then I went to college and some people in like the... Comedy Buttons, like, Facebook group were doing a meetup to go watch it at a pizza joint. <laughs> and I met some strangers and got in their car. And they were like, yeah, you want to go see this movie? And I was like, yeah. And then we went and, like, watched it in this just great pizza. Like, it was a great pizza joint. Mm-hmm. It was called Michelangelo's Masterpieces. Pizzas. That was the actual name of the Yeah. Oh, wow. It was that's, great. That's was fucking awesome. Great pizza joint. Uh, and then we just watched, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with the commentary going with, like, a bunch of other people. And uh, so it was fun. that was fun. But I've never seen the original I've, movie. I've never seen uh, uh, 3, which everybody hates. Yes. Uh, and I've never seen the live-action show. I've never seen the Michael Bay movies. Well, there's so much Ninja Turtles stuff. I've never read the comics. The dude, I mean, that's what I'm saying. The comics, like the original comics, are their own thing. The '80s TV show is its own thing. The movies are their own things. And then Ninja Turtles, even in the realm of video games, they have like their own identity because they're uh, in video games. They're they're like very regarded with beat 'em ups. Like if you're making a list of the top ten beat 'em up games of all time, a lot of people would put at least. Turtles in Time on that list. Yeah. Because uh, the concept is so uh, well uh, married with beat-em-ups. Four brothers, they're ninjas, they're turtles, they're teenagers, they're mutants, in mm-hmm. case you didn't know. <laughs> and 
beat them up for four players. Like that's super easy. Yeah. And it's like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, and there was a there was like a Smash Bros clone. Yeah. That was like super super like it came out and people were hyped for it and it did like nothing. No, dude. And it like it, it just disappeared off the map. That game is fucking crazy. It was for the Nintendo Wii. God, we should play that fucking game. Um I never owned it, but I I got curious enough when YouTube uh hit the scene where I uh, was just looking up stuff that I never saw. I looked up footage of that game, and it's it looks like it plays like. Uh, do you remember Dive Kick? Yeah. It looks like it plays like Dive Kick, but it's supposed to be like a Smash Bros. clone. Weird. Yeah, and the designs they used for for it were uh, like the visuals were inspired by the 2007 3D animated Ninja Turtles movie. Um, so that in itself was a weird decision, but then it's also like a four player. Uh, platform fighter so it's it's just a weird game all around and, yeah and we're just going over this because there's just there's a shitload of ninja turtles yes yeah, so we haven't even gotten to the game yet and but we haven't gotten to your experience with ninja turtles yeah well dude there's just so much ninja turtle stuff um and it's crazy because until nickelodeon bought ninja turtles in like 2010 or nine or whenever it was uh they were the property was independently owned i believe i believe it was just owned by the two creators um, well i think they're still pretty heavily involved because yes. they they have the idw comics and i think both of them still write or draw or whatever yeah the um, comics kevin eastman and peter laird are their names they're the creators of the ninja turtles and i don't know if kevin eastman did but peter laird specifically put it in his contract when they sold ninja turtles to nickelodeon uh he put a clause in that says he still retains full rights to the original comic so if they wanted to, they could go back and finish the Ninja Turtles uh, original run. Because um, unless I'm mistaken, I believe to this day, the original Ninja Turtles comic uh, does not have a proper ending. So that's why they put that clause in their contracts. But they're, they're still heavily involved with the Turtles. Uh, they're, bo- they're both relatively young. They're not 80 years old. Um, they were just at the, I think it was Kevin Eastman was just at C2E2. Oh, wow. So you could have seen him, but... Yeah, I think he might have been a producer on the 2012 cartoon, but I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's so much Ninja Turtle shit. There's, it's such a wide net that caught so many different people in so many different ways. Yeah. Um, like, the 80s cartoon undoubtedly was the biggest uh, the Ninja Turtles ever were. And it's it's not huge now, but it was like... like the Ninja Turtles was like the thing for like the longest time. It, it, it It's hard to... to to really put that into perspective but it was it felt like it was as big as like star wars was in the 70s yeah definitely ninja turtles penetrated culture in that way where it was it was like a phenomenon for sure um it was star wars level big it was like pokemon level big yeah um there was a time when it was the standard kids like this thing and it makes sense the concept is genius as far as like appealing to kids Mm -hmm. kids love animals Kids love superheroes, kids love weapons and ninjas, and this show has all of that, right? Yeah. Um, and it's funny, I mean, this pretty much everyone knows this, but just bears repeating. The cartoon is like the main thing that all other Ninja Turtles um, adaptation to adaptations draw from. The original comic is uh, so different from what the Ninja Turtles are known as. The 80s cartoon really is the main... Yeah source of ninja turtles uh knowledge for basically everyone um and 
the 80s cartoon was the basis uh, or inspiration for Shredder's Revenge, which let's let's start talking about that. Um, Shredder's Revenge is a beat-em-up. Shredder's Revenge has retro-style graphics. Uh, Shredder's Revenge harkens back a lot to the 80s cartoon and makes a lot of very intentional references and deep cuts to the 80s cartoon, as well as other things from the Ninja Turtles history. Uh, but you, Jordan, as someone who is not particularly into the Ninja Turtles, um, what did you think going into this game? Like, were you expecting it to be anything super special, or was it? were you thinking this will just be a nicely polished Ninja Turtles beat-em-up, or what were you thinking? I was thinking this will probably be like a nicely polished beat-em-up, because... I had heard about this game um, last year. There was a lot of buzz around it because there there hasn't been a good Ninja Turtles game in quite a while. Like universally praised. Like, hey, this one is you need to play this one. It's really really good. Yeah. Like uh, probably since Turtles in Time. Probably. I would agree. I mean, there's a couple well regarded ones, but no, not to the level of like this is a must play. Yeah. Um. So. Me not being in the Ninja Turtles at all, I was kind of like, I don't really want to uh, play this one. And uh, I didn't. <laughs> uh, it Actually, it's been on Game Pass, I think, since it came out. Uh, maybe it left and came back, whatever. So I've had the opportunity to play it, but I just, I was like, I don't, I don't really care that much. Um, I just, I'm not in the Ninja Turtles, so I'm... I didn't really want to play it, and I heard that, like, the music was really great, like, the graphics and the animation were, like, really lovingly made and really well done. I was like, great, I'm really happy that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fans got to have something that was good. So, that's kind of how I felt going into it. Well, I think even if you're more so happy that it's a well-regarded game amongst Ninja Turtles fans and, like, the general public... Uh, we still played it in a very, I think, like, ideal environment for this kind yeah. of game. We played it couch co-op. I played it with you, and you and I uh, played it at the same time. That was the worst ever way I could have said that. But yeah. We played it with uh, Christine and Jeff, both of whom have been on this podcast before. All four of us played the game couch co-op style together, and we did order pizza and uh, eat while we played, and uh, I had a really good time in that regard. Yeah, uh, it was fun. The thing that I will say, though, is I, I I played it, and I remember I told you, I'm going to go and play it again, and I never played it again, <laughs> and I like part of me feels bad, but I also, like as I was thinking about it, and we got closer to the recording date, I was kind of like, you know what, it's probably like fine, because I did play it, well, we beat, we beat it. In one we beat second. it, yeah. We didn't just, like, play it for, like, five minutes and go, like, let's just drink beer now um, <laughs> and eat pizza. No, uh, we we beat it in in, in one sitting. Um, but I, I was kind of, like, thinking about it. I'm like, do I want to play it again? I was like, not really. Like, and I don't know what I would get out of it, maybe besides, like, being able to really sit down and, like, concentrate on, like, okay, what do these, like, animations look like? What are the, like, challenges what do they entail and, and, and how should I be leveling my character and whatever? Um, well, leveling is automatic, but, uh, you know what I mean? But 
I, I, I was like, do I want to do that or do I want to get like the authentic like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like Shredder's Revenge, just the straightforward, maybe like quick and dirty, like here's not quick, but you know what I mean? Just like the raw experience of what's it like playing this game couch co-op with my friends. And if I want to play more of it, I don't really want to, which is just, it's probably just because I don't like Ninja Turtles that much. Um, you know, but I was like, do I want to keep playing it? No, I don't really want to. I mean, it's kind of like how I felt with, uh, with Witch Hunt where I was like, if I continue this, I could, but like, you know, sometimes we haven't gotten to a game where like, we haven't said like, we haven't beaten this besides Witch Hunt. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure there will be like one of those eventually. Like if we play like something like Time Shift where we might be like, I was too frustrated. I just said, fuck it. I'm not going to play this anymore. Yeah, I, no, I mean, this game, like we've been talking about, beat-em-ups aren't particular... They're, they're kind of mindless by design. Yeah. You know, like, it's a game that you can play with your friends, and you can just... If you want, you could just mash buttons the whole time and do pretty well. Yeah. Um, in fact, I would say beat-em-ups are great games for kids. Oh, yeah. That's why they were so popular in arcades, because you can... There's a person on the screen, and I push buttons and they punch people. That's the whole game. Um, but I will say... Uh, I did play this game um, independent of our couch co-op session, um, and two things really surprised me. Number one was how good the online co-op functions. Um, it's not just like attacked on, like, we'll put this on there because we have to. It, it actually works really well. I was hearing, because I watched, like, The Completionist, and I watched some, like, trivia stuff on this. Uh, it looked like it just worked, and the fact that you can just literally push start and you're in somebody's game is like one of the best features I think in any game like period absolutely yeah it, independent of beat-em-ups or ninja turtles that is like just you see that or you experience that and you're like wow that's awesome and I feel like that's something that they were probably like we have to get this right and it's so funny because it feels like such an afterthought you know like I, I guess I take for granted how like good some games onlines are or i take like because you know when you play a game that has a shitty online it's really yeah. really noticeable but when you play a game that has good online or even just like stable servers uh it's it's you kind of take it for granted yeah you know, you just play i mean like you play a lot of smash bros and i don't know how much you play online but like that game has not great ui for mm -hmm. the uh for the online sometimes and it has some of the worst connection you can ever have on the Switch. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is probably my favorite game of all time, but Shredder's Revenge Online is infinitely better. Functionality-wise and uh, user inter interface-wise, it, it is exactly what you want from this kind of game. Uh, I mean, any any online functionality is subject to problems and you know connection errors and stuff like that those uh i did experience that once or twice but 95 percent there like it was it was really really good oh that's good because it's because it, like i didn't i would have had it on the series x mm -hmm. i'm sure that that online would have run buttery smooth but like the switch feels like where you want to play this because it just has the joy cons built in and you can just pass the controller to a friend yeah uh, no, I had a really good time playing couch co-op with you guys. Um, I think that was the perfect environment for this kind of game. Uh, and 
uh, it is worth noting that you and I did not technically beat the game. Jeff is the one who <laughs> took down the final boss. So uh, good job, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, we're we were scrubs. Who who do we like play as, and what uh like details of the game? Like not like story story, but just like what? Why is this fun? Like what wh- what happens in the game? Good question, uh, dude. Uh, this is a gush-worthy game, like, especially for me as someone who uh, likes Ninja Turtles. Which, real quick, I should say, I liked Ninja Turtles as a kid, but I wasn't, like, in love with them, because I was kind of past it. Uh, it wasn't until late high school, early college, when I got nostalgic for them. Really? I, I really, like, deep-dived into them. I was like, fuck, these guys are so cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, like... I adored so many aspects of this game. Like, it's really hard not to just, like, go on a huge tangent and talk about, like, all the stuff that really works as far as the graphics and the music and the references and the aesthetics. Um, I mean, you can go. We got time. Oh, yeah. We're recording a podcast. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, the first thing that, like, really sealed the deal for me for me um, of, like, you know, this is a game that I want to play was they got all four original voice actors to reprise their roles as the four Ninja Turtles. Uh, That's Rob Paulson as Raphael, Cam Clark as Leonardo, Barry Gordon as Donatello, and Townsend Coleman as Michelangelo. Um, And what's nice is uh, these guys are, uh, you know, they're uh, getting old. Like, I don't want to say they're old. (laughs) Uh, but you Didn't know, Rob Paulson have like a heart attack. Rob Paulson uh, had sweet. throat cancer. Yeah, throat cancer. Yeah, he recently overcame throat cancer. Uh, so kudos to Rob Paulson. He's awesome. They're they're not teenagers, and they're playing the teenage mutant no. ninja turtles. Um, so I think it's an ideal scenario where the audio cues are there, but they they don't have to carry the whole show. You know, like it's nice to hear the ninja turtles voices, but it's if. Uh, Sometimes you hear actors come back back to play roles, and it's 40 years after the fact, and they sound different just because people age. Um, but to all those actors' credits, they still sounded, like, basically perfect to me, and um, I loved hearing the Ninja Turtles say their audio cues uh, when they have a big attack or when they do a taunt. Um, it was just, it was really awesome, and to me it showed that the the developers were interested in uh, getting the game right, so to speak. You know, if you're going to lean heavy into the 80s Ninja Turtles style, it makes sense to get the core of that, which is these four voice actors. Um, And quick shout-outs, too, to uh, Sean Guernsey and Catherine Slinsby, who played Splinter and April. Uh, They have bodies of work. I'm not overly familiar with them, but... uh, I appreciated their performances as these characters, too, because uh, they did not feel out of place to me. Uh, And big shout-outs because they're not the original voices of Splinter and April. Um, But yeah, that was the first thing that I was like, I love this, and it's awesome. Uh, The second thing is the graphics, I think, are really, really good. Um, I think we talked about this when we were playing, but um, I thought when you attack with your character, whoever you're playing as, I was playing as Michelangelo. Uh, when you hit it, it it's the right amount of punch. Uh, the animation pauses for the right, like you know, quarter of a second to to make you really feel the impact. Uh, but it doesn't completely stop, and it doesn't just feel like you're a weightless mass moving around. Um, like I, I think. 
the way the animation is executed in that regard, where they're pausing the animation just ever so slightly when you punch. They're throwing out, you know, uh, stylized flair to emphasize attacks. Um, it looks really, really good, and it feels really satisfying to attack and beat people up in this game, I thought. Yeah, and I thought that the game was really well animated. It's not something that I uh, that I was, like, thinking about. Like, well, yes, it was something that I was thinking about going into the game, because I, I knew, like, uh, from feedback that, uh, or hearsay that people had said that the game looked incredible. Um, but, I like, seeing it in action, even on the Switch, I was like, well, this looks, like, really, really good. Like, not, like, even, like, surprisingly, it's just, like, this looks like what you want a beat-em-up, like, 80s game to look like. It just, it looks like what you think TMNT uh, Turtles in Time looked like back in the 90s. Totally. Very well said. I think if you would have showed this game to... If you went back in time and showed this game to a kid in 1990 who was a huge Ninja Turtles fan, I think they their head would explode and they would shit their pants at the same time. Like, I don't think so. I think they'd just be like, oh shit, like yeah, that's yeah. that's a cool Ninja Turtles game. I want to play that. It, it looks awesome. I, I think the best kind of retro graphics capture the retro graphic style, whatever they're going for, whether it's 8-bit or 16-bit or whatever, uh, but they also add more to it. Um, and this game, like you said, the animations really added a fun layer to everything. Um, it wasn't just that the 8-bit designs look good or the uh, right amount of squares and pixels were utilized for character models. Um, it was that characters do funny things. Um, yeah. Even, like, distinguishing characters. Like, it's so awesome. Uh, every character that you can play as has their own taunts, their own uh, run cycles, different animations for different attacks. So... Uh, like, if you're playing as Raphael, uh, and your friend is playing as Michelangelo, which I think Christine was playing as Raphael, yeah. and then uh, I was playing as Michelangelo, in past Ninja Turtles games, uh, playing as the four turtles really only made a difference with what weapon you were using, and it was more cosmetic than anything. Um, but here, uh, the difference is... Uh, based on uh, cosmetics and gameplay. Certain characters are faster or slower than each other, and uh, the character detail and animation really helps each uh, choice of character feel distinct, too. Raphael has a different running an animation than Michelangelo. Uh, in past Turtle games, their walking running animations would have looked exactly the it's same. It's just a palette swap with exactly. like a different pixel for their... a different set of pixels pixels for their weapon exactly exactly so that attention to detail is like something i never knew that i really wanted from a ninja turtles game um so i love that they thought of that uh and it's just really fun to see all the different animations too like uh, every character has a taunt like i said and um it's fun to see what each character's taunt is they're all references to something from the ninja turtles cartoons or movies or just their personalities um so it's really really cool uh, and you played as... I played as uh, Splinter. Yes. And I think he's supposed to be, like, pretty strong. Otherwise, he, like, attacks fairly slow. Um, yeah, or, like, I, medium, I think. I, I don't think, remember. I think he was strong and ranged. Okay. It's speed, strength, and range are the three stats. Yeah, and then, like, Donatello is, like, really range. Mm -hmm. uh, but he, I think he has, like, medium power. Mikey has, like, low power. But he's but really, he's really fast. fast. And then Raphael is... 
uh, powerful but slow, and Leonardo's like well balanced. Yeah, and then um, there's also April Neal and Casey Jones in the game. Yeah, Casey you, Jones is unlockable once you beat the game. Yeah, which is awesome, and I want to say that too, Jordan. Uh, <laughs> past Ninja Turtles games, you could only play as the four turtles. This game has six player co op, so you start with the four turtles and April and Splinter as playable characters with Casey as an unlockable, like you said, and uh, Usagi, Yojimbo, a rabbit samurai coming as DLC. Um, so it's really cool as an Ninja Turtles fan to be able to finally play a game where I can be April. Um, there's been one or two other appearances, but she's such a mainstay of the Turtles and her presence is always like cutscenes or story or whatever. Um, same thing with Splinter and Casey too. Like that's the, the kind of things that uh, to me elevate this game from just another Ninja Turtles beat em up or beat em up with a Ninja Turtles coat of skin to coat of skin, uh, <laughs> coat of paint. Um, that kind of stuff elevates it to being um, a little bit extra where it's for Ninja Turtles fans. It's just really, really lovingly crafted and they thought of everything that a Ninja Turtle fan would want out of a game like this. Uh, and that comes down to the music too. This music was composed by uh, T. Lopes, who's a well-known musician, um, but like it, the, it almost doesn't even need to be talked about, so I'm just going to say it just to get it out of the way because everyone talks about it. The music's fucking awesome. Uh, they got Mega Ran, Ghostface Killa, uh, Raekwon, and Mike Patton uh, with guitarist Johnny Atma to be on tracks for this game, and it's... It's just such a stacked musical uh, uh, cast, I guess. Like, dude, fucking half of Wu-Tang Clan is rapping for a fucking Ninja Turtles game. Like, that. that's so fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm like, I know three of these names, and I only know Mega Ran because he was on Podcast Beyond. Ooh. Uh, on IGN Podcast back in the day. I don't listen to music, really. But I do know uh, Wu-Tang because... I've listened to their first album many times. Yeah, they're famous. But otherwise. And, and they, they also got big when Ninja Turtles were at the height of their popularity. Yeah. So it's like, it, it makes a lot of sense to team them up. Uh, and I love, I fucking love that the Ghostface Killa and Raekwon song comes on for the final boss. Like when you fight the Yeah, we were one. looking out for it. Yeah, dude, we were like, where's the where's the Ghost, Ghostface song? Uh, and then the final boss drops in and there's this really dope animation and he looks fucking sick as hell. It's a super shredder. And then uh, you start hearing Ghostface and Raekwon rapping. And it's like, oh, fuck. This is awesome. So. <laughs> I don't just, know how much I'll cut of that. but Just leave ten, 10 seconds of silence I can, there. I can leave 10 seconds of silence there. Leave it silent there. I would yeah. That. I mean. The, the, uh, this is this is the Ryan gushing episode. I'm sorry because I have like no, I I don't have like any. I I really don't have any uh, any input on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I love that you love this, and I love that you're like that you're like fanboying over it because like I don't. This would be me when we do Mass Effect if we have because I'm just gonna be like this fucking thing happens and you'll be like yeah this is a fun game yeah I like it um I I romanced uh I romanced uh, Jack she was really cute yeah I liked her uh uh character progression uh, I romanced some pizza in this game 
Yeah, man. I mean, like, the the game is, like, full of references. With, from pizza to, there's, like, just a budget. You were, like, calling out cameos. I was like, yeah. uh, here's, like, you're like, Attila the Frog! And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you're like, it's the fucking Turbo Teens! And I'm like, who the fuck is this? I'm like, they're like, they, they were in, like, one arc in, like, the first, like, three episodes, and then they never showed up ever again. Good memory of and me I was like, what the that. fuck? Yeah, so, I, I, I was, I'm, like, sitting there, like, slack-jawed, like, I like Splinter, he beat Thing up and his rat. And you're like, fucking, oh my god, it's the fucking pizza monsters! <laughs> the pizza aliens and the Triceratons and the rock army. Uh, so, like, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna pump the brakes. I'm done gushing. I mean, look, I fucking, like, the things that I liked about this game, like, besides the music, like, I, like, we gushed about, like, the animations. There's just, like, so much background animation, too. Like, there's, like, a zoo level where, like, fucking monkeys are, like, throwing bananas and, like, eating shit. Yeah. Uh, and, like, fucking, there's, like, uh, early on you're in, in the uh, news broadcast station because Bebop comes over the fucking TV and he's like, I've taken over the the mm. airwaves and we're going to do something to the fucking t- Statue of Liberty. Bye! <laughs> and then you go to, like, the TV news station and there's, like, fucking... Uh, <laughs> fucking foot clan guys like typing on keyboards in the background and like yeah. like they're fucking like eating ice cream in one level and they're like they're, cooking they're, for a chef show in the background yeah too. it's like the most adorable thing ever it's like, awesome you fucking get on hoverboards at one point and like there's the fucking turtle like fucking helicopter thingy whatever is it a helicopter i don't remember there's like a fucking air sh- turtle blimp yeah blimp in the background mm-hmm. they like in between levels because there's a story mode and then there's like an arcade mode and in the story mode, it's like, uh, you're getting cutscenes in between the thing, uh, or in between the levels, and you have, like, a little mini-map that you traverse around, and, like, the turtles are like, let's hop in our ring and go to the next level, and, yeah. you, and it's, like, the most adorable thing ever. Yeah, like, they... it, like, as a guy who just likes aesthetics, I was like, this is, this is adorable. And you were just like, this is adorable because... Of these references. No, for sure. I, I think the aesthetic, um, regardless of if you like Ninja Turtles, is really polished and really well done. I mean, there's so much comedy going on, whether it's in the background or the foreground or just in, like, the reference itself. Um, it's it's just really enjoyable. Like, I, I think it'd be hard to play this game with a frown on your face, even if you don't know anything about Ninja Turtles. Yeah, except for maybe our parents. They'd be like, what is this? <laughs> well, I mean, if you if you are old enough to remember... Uh, when little kids became obsessed with Ninja Turtles, you're probably too old you're to... like, Ugh. <laughs> this, this looks like uh, annoying. That's all I have to say about that. Time for bed. I don't, <laughs> I don't like rats. They're gross. <laughs> rapping and violent ninja mutants? I don't like this. Yeah. Uh, rapping rats? Rapping rats? <laughs> Zero out of ten. But Splinter doesn't rap in the game. Uh, sorry for the spoilers. I don't think he raps ever. He sings on the on the Skipping Christmas stones. Yeah. That's not the Christmas. That's the coming Christmas. out of our shells, coming, you idiot. Yeah, I forgot they did a live tour. I don't think Splinter raps on the Christmas album. Which was there, there is, a Christmas album? There is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Christmas album where they rap. Uh, and the whole plot of the album is they're trying to get a gift for Splinter. So I don't think Splinter appears. Well, I, I just remember they... They're saying they're singing about how they have to get a gift for Splinter in the live tour. That's why I thought that 
I think you're conflating those. I think... I thought they... No, because in the Christmas album, they go, gotta get a gift, gotta get a gift. That's from the Christmas album. I thought that was from the... Uh, the Coming the out of our shelves. V- VHS as well. No, coming at... Well, the Christmas album is a, v- a Ninja Turtles Christmas VHS. Oh. Yeah. That might be what I'm confusing about. Coming out of their shell- shells uh, is a CD or a tape that was released. So okay. that's like an actual piece of music. Uh, we're coming out of our shells. Uh, it sucks. <laughs> and Splinter's song is the worst one. But uh, there's a, there's a ton of fucking stupid Ninja Turtle shit. Dude, did you know... We could um, just make this about stupid Ninja Turtle shit. I have one uh, small Ninja Turtles fact to share, and then we'll talk about the game some more. Uh, fucking Barry Gordon, right? Uh-huh. The voice of Donatello. Did you know he was the longest serving director of the Screen Actors Guild of America? No. He he is, I think to this day, the longest, or at one point I know he was, the longest serving director of the Screen Actors Guild. That's weird. Can you fu- Donatello. Can you believe that? <laughs> that's so weird. All right. Yeah, that's. I, I was just reading his Wikipedia because I like doing that stuff. And I was like, what the? Is that correct? Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was, that's the last bit of Ninja Turtles trivia that I'll go out of my way to share. Um, you know, this game, one thing that I didn't, uh, uh, really particularly notice when we were doing couch co-op was, um, how layered the gameplay is, um, because playing it on my own, I mean, when you play it with friends, you do just kind of button mesh. Like, I don't think there's any yeah. other way to do that. Um, and especially with uh, four people, uh, the screen gets so cluttered. And especially with four people playing as the turtles, it's like, right. oh my god. Excuse me. Uh, it's like, oh my god, there's so much stuff on screen. And uh, a lot of uh, these sprites look the same. Yeah, it's it's tough to... That's why old Ninja Turtles beat-em-ups were even harder, because... The only way to distinguish the Ninja Turtles was the color of their headbands and their weapons, right? Yeah. At least with this one, there's more to, to grab onto. Um, and actually, you can... I believe it's left bumper, um, or, you know, whatever left bumper is on your controller of choice. Uh, that will actually put a small arrow over your character. So if you do get lost, you can push that button and see exactly where you are on the screen. Um, which is Which is nice that they thought of that. Because uh, that's a problem with beat-em-ups. It's hard to keep track of where you are. But playing four players or six players, pretty chaotic. Um, if you're playing solo and you're trying to do runs for challenges, um, there is a system, like there, there's a layered system of continuing combos and not getting hit. You can execute an attack and then roll away and roll back and do another attack and keep your chain going. You can execute an attack and then jump in the air and juggle an enemy and keep your chain going that way. Um, and the more you keep your chain going, uh, I believe it's the um, the uh, higher or what, what is what is the gimmick with keeping your chain going? Uh, does it make your special meter go up faster? Thank you. I was going to say health, but yeah, it gets your special meter going. So you can chain attacks, uh, get your special meter up, do a super attack or a special attack. Uh, and then continue and keep on chaining, keep on chaining. Um, and there's different directional inputs. There's attacks for when you're running. 
There's a tax for when you're coming out of a dodge. There's a tax for when you're in the air. So it's not like they actually did design a combat system for this game. It's not just a beat-em-up. Yeah, and they designed a level-up system as well. Absolutely. You're you're getting uh, EXP uh, for beating up certain enemies and like completing challenges and whatnot. And then uh, every character can get leveled up to 10, and they all have... I think it's a set, probably, like, for each character, it's, like, the same moves that they unlock. But it's it, a cap, yeah. It'll be, like, you unlock this, you know, jump and and attack at this level for everyone. And then mm-hmm. you unlock, like, another bar on your special meter, like, for everyone at this level, you know. But they took the time to be, like, hey, you know, if you want to level everyone up to level 10... That's there if you want to. And, it, like, that's cool. Like, and that's that feels like something modern and nice. Like, Castle Crashers has that. Uh, I know, like, the only other, like, really big uh, beat-em-up that had something like that that I remember was, like, the Dungeons & Dragons beat-em-up in the arcades. I was going to say, that was also arcade, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you could say, I don't think people would call Golden Axe a beat-em-up. Um, but it's beat em up it's a beat 'em up with um, like a, a bit more of a an, a role playing game kind of level up system, uh, like a bit more emphasis on that I think. And there's different like classes which are represented by different characters, um, but it's it's kind of similar to Golden Axe in that way, uh, where you can actually make a, a leveling up progression. So uh, on top of that, that's one way in which you can progress, and that's one way in which the game was intentionally designed to uh, add layers to playing it. Uh, there's also challenges that you can do, which are really hard. Um, there are some challenges which is which are go through a level without getting hit once. Like, regardless of what beat-em-up you're playing, that's fucking hard. Some of them. It looked like, because uh, I watched Gerard's The Completionist video, and he said there's only four levels where you have to do that. Sure, but, so but still. So there's not that many, but like there there are like, you know, challenges for like, get this combo going, like don't get hit by like, a certain projectile mm-hmm. so there's ones for don't take any damage but then there are ones that are just like don't get thrown yeah you know and that's definitely something that um you know i think is a sort of game developer trick to add more replay value to a game is just like let's code it in this one particular challenge like it's not like they're new levels per se but uh they could have easily not done that so i appreciate that um they took the time to really uh, in my opinion, add as much as you can to a beat 'em up style uh, yeah. of gameplay. You know? There's also like collectibles, and like you can like rescue certain characters or whatever. Yeah, so. I always appreciate that too when um, collectibles in games are references themselves or like characters, because you know um, you can collect the punk frogs, you can collect the blaster kids or the turbo kids or whatever those stupid characters are called. Um, and it's, it's better than just like, you know, oh, another... It's better than the coffee thermos from Alan Wake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which contributes nothing and isn't fun to find. It's just like, okay, another thermos. All right. <laughs> We're going to talk about how, why it's fun to collect the coffee thermoses in the Alan Wake in this five-part series starting now. No. <laughs> <laughs> they should have had Alan Wake collecting punk frogs in Alan Wake. Uh, another quick tangent. In the new one, you, uh... Just do the coffee thermos to save, I think. 
Oh, that's that's probably a better idea. And you can find it as an AWE in control. Oh, well. So, uh, or not AWE, say, altered uh, item. Yeah, altered item. object. Yeah, a coffee thermos is not a altered... That would be amazing if it was an altered world event. <laughs> you open the coffee thermos and there's a whole world inside of yeah. there. Uh, imagine if the Ninja Turtles were at the control headquarters. They were they were stuck in like, like where the fridge is. Yeah, they're just behind the glass. The Panopticon, is that what that's yeah. called? Yeah. Fucking Michelangelo has to go on fridge duty. He's like, I want to open the fridge, not look at it. Is there a pizza inside? It's like, no, Michelangelo, if you don't keep, stop looking at this fridge, you're going to die. <laughs> Raphael said the same thing, and he's dead now, Michelangelo. That would be awesome. What bummer, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, see, the Ninja Turtles are so silly. You just put them in any scenario, and it's instantly hilarious. Yeah. And speaking of that, this game, Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, has good control. I will say uh, it kept me awake uh, while I played it. This game was the remedy to my bad week. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, another thing I really loved about this game, and this is the last two little gush points that I want to say. Uh, number one, this game is an animated intro with a new cover of the classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme. So fucking good. By whatever his name is, the guy, the singer for Smashing Pumpkins or whatever it's called. Uh, uh, Mike Patton. Yeah, Mike Patton. I, I don't know what he did because I, I'm not a music guy. You're not a Patton head? No. He, whatever he did prior, it doesn't matter because this is the highlight of his career. He absolutely knocks it out of the fucking park. The opening cinematic looks perfect like it, it it i know they didn't animate it on uh 2d cells that's the only way it could have been better as if it was animated with traditional animation it's better than his work in faith no more uh i think his ninja turtles theme song cover does uh trump faith no more for yeah their uh, entire all right. catalog all right that's my hot take uh feel free to email uh infinite pixelspod at gmail.com if you disagree. Uh, the other thing I want to ask you, when was the last time you got a game with an instruction or art booklet? Um, I probably Cyberpunk 2077. And did you see Ninja Turtles? No. You did see there. I know what point you're trying to make. There are there are not very many instruction booklets that come out nowadays, and uh, I have. I know CD Projekt Red did like a whole fucking thing where they were like, "Thank you so much for buying our game. Oh, we're so look at our tour of just. Oh, we're so. Oh, thank you guys. We're like we work so hard and we make the game. And then Cyberpunk came out and it fucking didn't run at all. Um, but yeah. Uh, so wait, they included the art book as a they had like a they had like a map basically like they did that for Witcher three as well where they were like here I don't think they had an instruction booklet but they had like a bunch of just like extra shit in there um, Witcher two on three sixty because it only came out on three sixty and, and uh, PC and it came out later on three sixty on three sixty version it had like a walkthrough like mm-hmm. it had like a quest guide of like. Here's what you do in every quest. That's awesome. Um, that just came with the game. That means stuff like that used to come with games. Yeah. It doesn't really anymore because you can just look up anything you want online. Yeah. But even even as recently as Xbox 360, like I remember 
a Gears of War 2 had an instruction booklet that I used to always just look through because I thought it was cool. After a while, they started to do them not in color, and now they don't do them at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a shame. It's it's kind of a very, very, very niche lost art. And because... The new Ninja Turtles game, Shredder's Revenge, has an amazing art book and stickers that it comes with. And I am a child, and I love stickers. Uh, but it, it was just really nice. Like I bought this game physical uh, yeah. because I wanted to own it physically, and I was not expecting anything. So I opened up this $30 game, and I was treated with a art book and like three sheets of stickers. And I was like, oh my god, this game is half, half the price of other retail games. It looks amazing. And I get free fucking art that I can have forever. This is... I, I wish every single uh, developer did that. That was so fucking nice. Like, really? That was genius because it made me immediately uh, not regret my purchase. Immediately appreciate my purchase. Like, I was just like, I made the right call buying this game. Fucking video game developers. Put out those physical editions. I'll talk to you, Alan Wake. Yeah, Alan Wake. Fucking, I know that you that you're not successful uh, as much as fucking Call of Duty, but or even Ninja. Turtles. God damn it! I know Call of Duty doesn't even have a disc. I think I don't even think the new one had a disc when it came when you got the physical edition. So no book with no disc. Why even buy it? First, they took away our damn instruction booklets. Now they're (laughs) taking away our damn discs. You don't want the disc anyway, because it's going to get disc rot eventually. But I still buy physical editions, because I'm a hack. I want something to give to my children, and I'm going to give them Shredder's Revenge. Speaking as somebody who has had multiple family members who have died... You got, lots, you got lots of Shredder's Revenge? No, it's a lot of crap that you get when somebody dies. <laughs> they're they're going to look at them and be like, oh, fucking dad. I want you to have my copy of Shredder's Revenge. And be like, nope. Thanks for the free coaster for my future drink, my virtual drink. Yeah. But what is cool is, the, the uh, speaking of the physical editions, the uh, limited edition physical editions, pun not intended, uh, those versions were done by Limited Run, um, and they came out and they had a fucking pizza coupon in them. Hell yeah, they did. For a free personal pan pizza from fucking Pizza Hut, which just, we could do a whole fucking episode on just (laughs) free pizza that has been tied into with Ninja Turtles. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. Dude, oh my god, can we talk quickly about what they're doing for the 2023 Ninja Turtles movie Mutant Mayhem, the Subway pizza? I guess, but real quick, fucking, you can't get it anymore, but if you find some sort of limited run version of this game fucking buy it because that's a however much dollar deal in there it's a fucking coupon that you can actually use on food it is a real pizza that you can get you will you will call up somebody and be like i want to use this coupon and then hand it to somebody and they'll be like the fuck is this bullshit and then they have to fucking take it back to where it's got the ninja turtles it doesn't but it would be amazing if it had the ninja turtles on it and they had to like take it back and be like ugh so to recap, you buy this game physical, you get an amazing game, you get an amazing art book, you get amazing stickers, and you get a pizza. 
And the fucking, there were different, the different editions, and one of them came in a fucking VHS case. Comes in a VHS case. That is the deal of the century, if I've ever heard it. That is I think the, it was like a fucking $200 for that version. No, it's, it wasn't. You heard of the orange box? This is the green box. This is the green box deal, where you get pizza and VHS tape cases. So, everybody buy this game. Uh, actually... This game sold a million copies in its first week, I learned. That's good. Isn't that fucking awesome? I'm so pumped for them, because they really deserve it. And it's fucking, dude, it's $30. Well, that's what's interesting. We could have a whole discussion about that. I mean, you had a game that just came out, Exo Primal, which is an online, you know, like, kind of wave-based, kind of PvP fight dinosaurs game. Mm -hmm. Looks fucking rad. But it, it didn't come out free to play, and it's like one of those like grindy like, go in and get like a mech suit, and then like kill a bunch of dinosaurs, mm-hmm. uh, and something like Warframe is free to play. Extra Primal is sixty bucks. It came out, and it's like, I can go play Warframe, and it's free. I can play Overwatch, and it's free. I can play Dota, and it's free. I can right. play, you know, list of a billion games there, and it's free. Just to try, you know. Of course, they got other shit that you got to pour money into for it, but you know, you can play it. And you know what, like, what I really, really appreciate about this game in particular, $30 is not crazy for me as an adult to buy a game. $60 is a purchase I have to think twice about for a game. You know, like, I personally, I know we're different strokes for different folks, but I can't shell out $120 a month on video games. Uh, I, I can buy... Fair. I'm a single boy, and you're over here... With, you know, a wife and stuff. So it's I like, have all right. Eight responsibilities. Wives, eight wives, eight kids, eight houses. You know, I have to be very careful with how I spend Oh, ah, shit, them. I gotta cut this out. No, 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 leave this in. I want them to know. <laughs> but uh, it's it's really nice to just buy, to pay 30 fucking bucks and I get an awesome fucking game and that's it. No one is bugging me about my email no one is like, hey... Oh, you didn't have to create a, a fucking Tribute Games No, account? I fucking didn't. I didn't have to go on Tribute.com and download the Tribute app to play my fucking Ninja Turtles game and eat my fucking pizza. And it was awesome. And it was really nice. Uh, you know, that was just like everything about the way this game is in my life. I'm just so happy about it. Um, but, you know, I'm curious. Like, we talked about this a little bit off camera. And um, I know I think we both had a similar kind of mentality going into the game. Um, do you think that Ninja Turtles nostalgia is carrying this game entirely? Uh, fucking 100% if you're talking to me. No. Um, maybe, kind of. Because I didn't have any interest in playing it. And I played it, and I was like, that was fun. I don't want to ever really play it again, though. <laughs> it was a fun Friday night. Yeah, it was like, oh, that was, that, like we got a pizza and we played a video game, and we enjoyed ourselves. Like, it was like, okay, like, we beat the Super Shredder, we beat up Bebop and Rocksteady and, and fucking Undertow or whatever the fuck the crocodile's name is. Undertow? <laughs> it's uh, Leatherhead. Leatherhead. You know, I was like, this is fun. And then I'm like, yeah, I don't really need to, I'm gonna go home and, and play more fucking Overwatch because that's a, a that's an adult game. <laughs> that's a game for grown-ups. I like to play the game with the with the butts on the girls in the in the men with the butts as well. Nerf this. Yeah. So, no, I I, I was like, eh, I don't really really want to play this. Uh, more. 
I, I think that uh, Turtles nostalgia carries this a lot. I mean, there's like other game nostalgia, like, uh, you know, uh, there's certain characters who do like fighting game moves, like Michelangelo does the fucking whirlwind kick from mm-hmm. that Liu Kang does, and I don't remember if it was Raphael or Leonardo does a Shuriuken at one point, like, you know, there there's a bunch of different homages to different games as well, so like, that's cool. But I don't really have much nostalgia for like fighting games or even like the 80s in general. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of just like, oh, okay. Sure. No, there's definitely other like just nostalgia for anyone of this generation of like the first generation. If you were a kid and you loved Ninja Turtles when it first came out, this game is going to play to a lot of your specific nostalgia. Even down to like the Wu-Tang Clan thing, you know. Uh, they might have reared their heads in popular culture when you were entering your teenage years and maybe they really appealed to you. So it's a really nice uh, uh, mix of a lot of different nostalgia. Even, dude, they have a fucking uh, option in the menus to uh, adjust the screen so it looks like a CRT monitor. So it has video static or like a screen curve to it. You know, it doesn't get more nostalgic than options like that. Completely cosmetic visual preferences. Um, but... Let's remove the Ninja Turtles and the nostalgia from this game. I think that's hard and maybe impossible. You, uh, it's baked into the identity of the game. Sure, I, I guess I'm saying let's not maybe not remove it, but let's look past that stuff. What else does this game have to offer? I mean, it's a it's a good beat 'em up, but I mean, I I think past that, there's I think there's not much to it. Because it, it doesn't have that many modes. They're released with, like, the story mode and the arcade mode. Is there, like, a training? I don't know. Um, uh, I don't think so. But otherwise, there's, like, those two modes. Like, the arcade is, like, you have a set number of lives. Story mode is, like, you do chill- challenges and you get, like, cutscenes and, and stuff. Um, and you have, like, your map and can get collectibles. So, like, there's, like, really only, like, the two modes. Um... They're really good. Like it, it, it's like you you look at the package and you're like, what's here is very very good. But otherwise, I think personally for me, I'm like, eh, like I I would I could take this game or leave it. Like it, it mm-hmm. it's not bad. I'm like it's not like like maybe like past games that I've been like more like down on, like with like Donkey Kong where I'm like, eh, I don't really like it that much. It's fine. Uh, like, I'm like, no, like, I, I don't like this game, but I'm not like, I hate this game. I'm just like, this game is good, and it's not for me, sure, necessarily. Sure. I, I think that's a totally fair sentiment. Um, you know, I, I think it does transcend a little bit um, in terms of being a beat-em-up. I think if you're someone who is a hardcore beat-em-up fan, um, I think you will really appreciate this game. Um, maybe it's not going to be as difficult as you want it to be, but I, I think as far as like a, a genre of, of games that kind of only comes around, uh, every once in a while these days, like there's not a whole lot of beat ups. <laughs> They're making another Streets of Rage. I think it's coming out or not. Uh, I don't, is it Streets of Rage? They're making another beat em up soon by one of the like big beat em up guys, guys. So yeah. was, was the new Shaq Fu game a beat em up? I think so. And I think it sucked. I think I didn't, haven't heard anyone speak about that game at all. Um, I, who would I just remember, uh, Andy from kind of funny doing an interview for that game and just embarrassing Shaq and being <laughs> like a 
Yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah. So That's just being awesome. like a weirdo with it. So we should play Shaq Fu. I don't know where you can get it. Yeah, there were. I mean, we could play a ROM of it, but uh, you know, like I beat 'em ups are far and few in between. And I think if you're hungry for a beat 'em up, like if you loved Cash, Castle Crashers. Uh, even if you're not familiar with Ninja Turtles, I think this game is worth your time, and it's worth playing with friends too, or just randos online. Um, I, I think it's just kind of classic, uh, mind-numbing video game fun. Um, but you know, I think the Ninja Turtles nostalgia and the '80s '90s nostalgia, like that, is where a lot of the care and a lot of the finesse of this game went into more so than evolving the beat em up uh, genre. Um, but there's so much very clear care and craft going into the execution of the graphics, the characters, the Ninja Turtle story, the lore. There's some really deep cuts with um, references in this game that if you grew up with the Ninja Turtles or if you love the Ninja Turtles, you're really going to be able to notice them. So for what it is, it's amazing. It's a really, really good game. Yeah. So, um, I think it's, uh, I think it's good, but it's, it's, uh, it's, I, I, I hesitate to say forgettable because again, there's, hasn't been a team and T game that's come out that's been good in probably 20 years. Um, but it's, uh, it's as a person who is not a fan of TMNT, I will probably not think about it much because I just don't think about TMT very much. Sure. You know, I, I think this game is to to piggyback off of your sentiment, it, it is like the best version of itself. You know, it's it's like imagine if you played a really, really good Pac-Man game in twenty twenty three. it's it's like they this Pac-Man ninety nine, I never played that. That looked awesome. I did see that. But it's it's like a this game Shredder's Revenge is like a really good Pac-Man game or, or like a new Pac-Man game where you're like, this is as good as it can be while staying within the confines of being a Pac-Man game. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's, it's, there's certain, there's a certain box that it was intentionally designed around. Uh, and that's, that's a good thing for people who like that sort of thing. But if you're not into it, it, it's a box, you know? Yeah. I'm trying to think of like, there's anything similar. Cause, uh, there's like I you have like the Batman Arkham games, but like the Arkham games came out, and then there were like multiple of them yeah. and like spinoffs. Yeah. So it, like you don't. There was an era where you got a ton of licensed games all the time, and now that just doesn't happen. If it does happen, they're usually on mobile. Mm -hmm. Um. So we just don't get any like licensed games anymore. So like this being a licensed game and being good is, like, an outlier, but, like, when there are, like, there's an Avatar game coming out this year, and it's, like, that is probably going to be not, like, like I don't know if it's going to be good, but, like, it's going to be probably functional. Like, it's yeah. not, like, like, remember, like, the Thor and, like, Captain America games? It's not like those games were, like, bad, but, like, you could very clearly see that they were cash grabs for those movies. Right. And this does not feel like a cash grab for the movie, and like the Avatar game, it's like the movie came out like last year, right? Like I'm sure they wanted to put it out in time for the new movie, but like they didn't have time, so they were like, "Hey, we'll just 
we'll just get it to come out when it's ready. Well, yeah, right? exactly. Whereas in 2005, 1995, 1985, they yeah. would say it has to come out when the movie's in theaters. Yeah. Because um, my other question for you, is this like peak licensed game? You know, that's a good question. And I love that you brought up Batman Arkham Asylum because I think as far as licensing goes, it is comparable. Like, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Arkham Asylum the story of uh, how Rock, like Rocksteady pitched uh, Warner Brothers to to make that game, right? I'm not sure because I don't really know about the development of that game. Like I've played it maybe like three or four times, but I've I've never really done a deep dive on like what was the development of this game like. I I know that it's like written by like Paul Dini mm-hmm. and like had like a lot of performers from the animated series, but right. like I've never really done a a thorough check on like development of that game. We should see because uh, that game, I love that game. I love yeah. Arkham Asylum. That's a fantastic licensed game. Uh, well done by Rocksteady, who is the developer of that game. And also Rocksteady is the name of the Ninja Turtles character that is a rhinoceros. Yeah. So funny connection. But the, uh, but like with, with the, with Arkham Asylum, it's like that game was like full of references. It had, Characters from the show that were reprising their roles. It had, like, uh, you know, people remember that show as, like, being, like, dark and gritty. And there's, like, dark and gritty parts, but it's, like, mostly, like, kids' show. Um, And, like, but it's, like, what you remember this to be like. And, like, this show, this is, like, capturing the essence of, like, TMNT. And, like, Batman Arkham Asylum is, like, capturing the essence of, like, Batman as, like, comic book character and really... Like, that's what I think older people want. And, like, now it feels like with TMNT people want, like, I want the nostalgia. I want, like, the 80s this. Like, there are people who, like, want, like, dark and gritty stuff. Like, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, Last Ronin? Yeah, that's that's a Ninja Turtles comic that was dark and gritty that people love that is being made into a game. Yeah. Um, so I think there are people who want that. But, like, this feels like what people like, the majority of audiences want from a TMNT game. I would agree. I, I think um, this game is very comparable to Batman Arkham Asylum in that regard. And the the major difference between Arkham Asylum and Shredder's Revenge is just uh, the gameplay style, like, the, the genre of game, and the, uh, you know, the, the tone. Like, Arkham Asylum chose to be a third-person kind of exploration, adventure, combat game. Shredder's Revenge chose to be a beat-em-up. And both of those games, I think, do everything they can, cosmetically, fan service wise writing-wise, to emulate exactly the era of Batman or Ninja Turtles that they were trying to emulate. You know, I, and, and they just happen to be in different genres. Like, I, I think it, it's a night-and-day cosmetic comparison uh, comparison but as far as the mentality behind making it of we want to do justice to this source material they're they're extremely similar it's just that one happens to be about goofy ninja turtles one happens to be about a, a serious character like batman goofy you know? batman goofy batman uh goofy batman. man in a, in a bat suit i'm gonna run around and punch these plants so i can collect spores to shoot into my roided out clown villain's neck but, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Licensed games, I think, 
used to be hit or miss where it was like you might get something that's fine or you might get the worst game on the system that you own yeah um and i i think it at some point i don't know when i don't know who caused it i don't know when it happened or how it happened but licensed games just sort of died off it really was arkham i think yeah arkham came out in what 20 2009 2009 and like I think those like those Marvel games like Thor and like Captain America came out like and like I think there was even an Iron Man game that came out. There was a a video game adaptation of Iron Man one and Iron Man two. Yeah, and I think the like Iron Man two is what two thousand eleven, two thousand ten Iron Man two thousand two ten. Um, those games came out. And I think people just went saw like the writing on the wall and just were like, you know what, these take too long to get, to make. People are starting to get iPhones. Let's put them over there. Yeah, let's just do Crash Grab. It's even easier to make than like a 360 game. You know? Yeah. And it's it's interesting. I, I think uh, consumers started to catch on just in general that licensed games were usually just slapped together cash grabs. You yeah. know? Like I don't I don't know anyone who owned or played the Thor game, the Captain America no. game. No. And the, I've wanted to play those games because I think they're fascinating. I would love to play them for that reason. Like, yeah. I, I, I have no joke. I, I have them on my list of games that I want to play for this podcast. Yeah, I've, I, they're not on my list, but I, like, I'm like thinking about them. Like, that would be like a weird game to play because nobody talks about these games. Yeah, and, and it's they're modern. Like Captain America, the first movie came out in 2010. You know. Yeah. Or 2011. 2011. So the game must have been from 2011 or like... Yeah, and he probably shoots a gun and like kills yeah. Nazis, but he also has a shield for some reason. Yeah, exactly. Because he's Captain America. I mean, it's not um, for some reason, but... But it's, it's, it's like just consumers started saying, I can tell if a video game is released at the same time that the movie comes out, it's probably not going to be good. Or that at the same time that a show is popular on TV like the Sopranos game or whatever, it's probably not going to be good. Like the Sopranos game came out way after. Like, the Godfather game came out way after, you know. That's true, too. I mean, to a certain point... And the Godfather game, I, th- or I heard, was good. Like I heard the it was... The one on Wii? Uh, the one on Wii? I thought... There was, there was one, one on, on PS2. There was I one think. on PS2 and Wii, I, I want to say. Was it motion controls? It would have to be if it was Wii. Unless wow. it was the vertical... Yeah, licensed games were hit or miss. I think people wised up to that. People wised up to the cash grab element that a lot of licensing games had. I mean, some of the worst reviewed games ever, some of the worst games of all time across all platforms and all generations are licensed games. Yeah. That is going to really hurt the premise of a licensed game and hurt its viability in the market, for lack of a better term. You know, if you say... Oh, it's licensed. People shrug. You know, personally, growing up, I never thought. Once I became a teenager, I was never buying licensed games. I was I was buying yeah. Zeldas and uh, you know Sonics and uh, cool stuff. Um, but I, I think now, the way that the video game scene is, and maybe just larger cult culture in general, if you announce like we're making a Ninja Turtles game. And it's not like an iOS game. It's like a game that's coming out for consoles proper. It's coming to PC. It's going to be in the Steam store or whatever. Uh, people get excited. Like th- there's there's more of an expectation. If someone came out and said, we're going to make an Iron Giant video game. 
people would say, whoa. And if it was bad, people would trash it and it would bomb. Like, you know what a really good example is of a licensed game that is a more so akin to what people expect from licensed games is the Gollum game. Yeah. That game came out. People, I think people were ready to like it. That was the first next-gen game. Really? That was announced. Wow. For PS5. It was the first video game announced for the PS5. That's fucking... I didn't know that. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I think, honestly, maybe this is a hot take, but when they announced a Gollum game, I was interested. Because I was like, what does that I look like? I was not. <laughs> I, I, I was like, that premise is so weird. I'm interested. Then I saw gameplay, and then I read reviews, and then I saw people talking about it, and it looks like trash. But I think part of the reason it got dunked on so hard is because people were like, if you're going to make a game about Gollum... It's, it's make it a good one. Exactly. You you can't just fart it out, which I don't. I know there's a lot of baggage with that game, whatever. But that's just an example of, of like uh, people uh, <clears throat> have higher expectations for their favorite properties. If you put out a Star Wars game and it's bad, people will talk about it. Battlefront Two is the reason why you can't have loot boxes and they're banned in Europe. There you go. That's a licensed game. And you want to blame battle uh, battle passes and Fortnite and whatever it's battlefront 2 apparently's fault yeah so and you know i'm that's what they got legislation like literal legislation <laughs> that game was so bad they made new laws yeah <laughs> uh i'm even looking at a copy of injustice on my shelf like that's a license fucking great exactly well and that's the other thing if you put out a licensed game everybody loves fucking batman and superman if you make a game with batman in it that's actually good people will talk about it. Mm -hmm. So I think um, the expectations for licensed games went up and people realized if you do them bad, it's going to do a lot more damage than if you do them I'm good. I'm looking at a lot of licensed games on your shelf. You got the Deadpool game, which is good. Stick I love Truth that game. game, which yeah. is good. Exactly. Licensed games are having like a... It's not that they went away. They're just good now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, consistently good, I should say. Um, the Deadpool game is on my list of games that I want to play. I've never played it. Oh my god! When the new movie comes out, I I might pick that game. It's very interesting, and I have a lot to say. About <laughs> well, the new movie is not going to come out for like three more years because of the strikes. But, yep. But anyway, yeah. So Shredder's Revenge. Jordan, stop talking about Godfather on Wii. My final question for you is: Would you recommend people play Shredder's Revenge? And if you would recommend people play it. Who do you think should play it? Or, if you don't think people should play it, if you think they should skip it, why should they skip it? I would recommend it to TMNT and beat-em-up fans. Um, I think if you don't like either of those, if you're like, hey, I'm not really a big TMNT fan, uh, you might be like, eh, I don't really want to play this. But if you're a big beat-em-up fan, you might be like, oh, this is cool, and vice versa. So... I don't think they're, like, if you're not interested in either of those, I don't really see what you're going to get out of this other than, like, the music. But you can probably find the music online. There, There's, like, really cool moments in the game. Like, as you said, like, getting the uh, Wu-Tang uh, music to come in at the very end with Super Shredder. But otherwise, it's, like, there's really, like, it's really full of moments that I feel like are, are more so for, like, big fans of either uh, certain genres of music or certain genres of games or what have you. You know, I think a kid who is watching the show right now that's on... Is it still on? 
There's um, a new one that came out, right? There was one that came out that I think is done um, called Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But if you are a kid who sees the new movie that's going to come out or yeah. is already out or whatever, uh, the 2023 Ninja Turtles movie, do you think they might like this game? Probably. I mean, there's like a consistent, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is kind of like Star Wars where it just it's kind of evergreen nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always toys. There's always uh, movies. There's always just something with that. So I think that a kids might enjoy it just in general, but like an adult or like a teenager who doesn't have any experience with this might be like, I, I don't really want to play this because I don't care about TMNT. And I, I would be like, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not really tell them you have to play this, but it's, it's a good experience if you do. So, this game is on Game Pass. So, if someone has Game Pass and they're looking for three hours to kill, do you think it's worth their time? Yeah, sure. I mean, they're worse things to play. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, what about you? Uh, yeah, I, as a Ninja Turtles fan, uh, this game scratched all my itches. Um, there were enough general references to make me smile and enough deep cuts to make me point and drop my jaw and bug out my eyes. Uh, and on top of that, it's not just good as a uh, one big Ninja Turtles reference. It's also good for adding things uh, that I wasn't expecting. You know, the music's really good. This is original music for the game. Uh, it's another uh, chance to experience all four original Ninja Turtles voice actors playing these characters. It's technically a new story. Uh, there's even some story beats that I really liked, like the Statue of Tyranny, when Krang jumps into the Statue of Liberty's belly and uh, you fight him as a boss. The music of that part's awesome. Uh, the visual is so funny and it felt so classic out of the Ninja Turtles cartoon. I don't remember if they ever did that in the original 80s cartoon, but it feels like something that they definitely would have done. Um, and it that kind of stuff is so much fun to experience as a Ninja Turtles fan. And uh, as someone who's not a particularly big fan of beat-em-ups, uh, just as a beat-em-up, I still think it's flashy and fun to play. If you've got two or three buddies to play it with, it's perfect. I think it's a, it's a really, really fun game. And I'll tell you what, too, even if you don't know anything about Ninja Turtles, if you and your friends used to play Castle Crashers and you have Game Pass, you all have Game Pass now... If you don't know anything about Ninja Turtles, this would be a fun game to play just to react to how weird the Ninja Turtles franchise is. There's a lot of shit in this where you would just go, what the fuck is happening? I, what am I looking at? Why am I beating up Triceratops? Yeah, exactly. Why is there an evil turtle? There's a there's a character called Dirtbag. What the fuck is that? So it's, I'm beating up a fucking mole? What yeah. the fuck is going on? It's just full of weird shit. Um, so yeah. it's fun. And I know I said the other question was my last question, but here's my real last question. Do you have a favorite Ninja Turtle? No. No? That, I mean, <laughs> that might no. not be what, what you're looking for, but I really I really don't. I what mean, do you mean, no? <laughs> I, like, as I said at the top, I don't have, like, any reference for the Turtles. <laughs> I really don't. Like, I didn't watch the show. I didn't, I like, there's nobody that I'm like, this guy's cool. I'm like... I don't, I don't, I think I have the last Ronin on my, or, uh, on my comic book list. I would like to read that eventually. Other than that, I'm like, I don't, I don't 
have any interactions with the turtles, like, the, ever. The first Ninja Turtles comic you're going to read is The Last Ronin. <laughs> what? <laughs> that comic, I haven't read it, but from what I understand, it relies heavily on, like, knowing the context of the Ninja Turtles. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. You I don't, I, I mean, I, I think I looked for TMNT, like, the classics on, uh, on Kindle. Dude, actually, And I couldn't find them. I'm going to give you an official recommendation. If you want a small precursor, an appetizer, before you read The Last Ronin, um, last I checked, the 2003 Ninja Turtles animated cartoon is on YouTube in its entirety. You should watch the first season of that show. It is amazing. It is really good. It's not just good for what it is. It's good. Um, and that will be a more than enough context to watch... Um, to read The Last Ronin. Or, you should watch the first Ninja Turtles movie. Two hours, Jim Henson Company did the effects. Genuinely good film, genuinely good effects. I think I'll watch the movie because I don't have time for that show. That's fine. I'll watch the movie with you if you want. Uh, it's really, really good. I've only seen the second one. I hear uh, that the first one is fucking amazing. The and the second one is like super disappointing because they can't use their weapons. And I'm over here watching them fucking bounce around in a fucking... Stupid ass, like toy store, yeah. beating up people with meat. I'm like, this is hilarious. <laughs> cold cuts. It's it's night and day. The first movie and the second movie. Uh, so yeah, check out the first movie before you read Last Ronin. But uh, the other thing that I want to say as we're winding down and we're getting relaxed now is that I beat Cuphead. Oh my god, that's a follow up. Yes, I said I would update. It's a hard follow-up. Uh, I finally beat the devil in Cuphead. It's not like I've been trying this whole time. I just sat down and said, oh, I never beat Cuphead. And then I went and beat it. And now, you, now we have to do Delicious Last Course. I want to. I absolutely want I to. I have not played it. Same. Uh, so, yeah, we. I beat the game proper. I didn't beat the DLC. Neither of us have. Yeah. So, little tease for what we'll probably do someday. The other thing that I want to say as we're winding down is that on the next episode, we are going to play a game that has a name that is escaping me. Uh, it's We're playing Tacoma, which is the follow-up to uh, Fulbright's game, Gone Home. Uh, Tacoma is, uh, is available on, like, I think PS4, and, like, I don't know if it's on Xbox One, probably. Uh, and then it's on, like, the PC as well. And it's another, hey, do you want to explore an area and cry <laughs> game oh, that genre i think that's my maybe. favorite my favorite genre know. of games we'll talk about gone home and like walking simulators because we didn't i don't think we ever wanted to play gone home on it because i think i showed you it uh and i was like play this it's good uh and then uh we played I, it. I don't think we wanted to revisit it because it, it's one very emotional it's just like we can just talk about it because we haven't talked about uh, it and we've done and we can do Tacoma instead as well. Like yeah. as a way to do it like we did with uh, like the Bioshock franchise. So. Absolutely. Yeah, let's we'll experience something new and I'm sure we'll bring up a ton of comparisons. I, neither of us have played it. Yeah. So that'll be fun. A game that neither of us have played that we both have similar amount of context for. Yeah. Uh, so that I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to play Tacoma next time. But until next time, thank you for listening to the show this month. Jordan, where can they find you? Where can they, the audience, find you on the internet? 
They can find me on my Twitter at Ironheart1183, and then they can also find me on Tumblr at uh, ironheart1183.tumblr.com. Uh, and that's it for now. Indeed Maybe it is. something in the future, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. That's not it for now. At the time of this recording, it is National Zookeeper Week. Everyone, please value zookeepers. They do a lot, and they treat animals very well. And that feels especially poignant talking about the ninja turtles. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at S-K-R-Y-D-L-Y. Uh, and Jordan and I are also across other social medias, but, you know, whatever. No, uh, not. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm on... com slash Jordan. MySpace. The man. Your space. You can email us at infinitepixelspodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, thoughts in general. Not just about Ninja Turtles, but about all things video gamery. Uh, you can also, uh, you know, listen to the next episode. Tacoma's only a three-hour game, so uh, feel free to play it because it's probably worth playing. And if yeah. nothing else, it's only three hours, so what have you got to lose? Uh, but until next time, uh, I hope that those listening have a pleasant day, and we'll see you in the future. Yes, from research, there is a Godfather game called uh, The Godfather. On the Wii? Uh, Black Hand Edition on the Wii. So, yes, uh, you can go and get that. Uh, it came out in 2006. Wow. Um, oh, so that was, was in the window of the beginning of the Wii. Yeah, there was The Godfather on 360, and then on Wii it was The Godfather Black Hand Edition. On PS3 it was Godfather The Don's Edition. Isn't that weird? That is weird. Yeah. I mean, The Godfather is one of those... I just had a thought of strangling someone with a nunchuck and a Wii remote in-game. Oh, yeah. There were, uh, do you want to know something else? Hmm. It was developed by Visceral. Who made... The guys who made Dead Space. Really? The ones who made, they were the ones who made uh, the Wii, the 360, and the PS3 game. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I'm, I, I'm not sure, but uh, they might have... You might have seen some uh, some people who worked on Dead Space work on that. That's amazing. And uh, and you might have seen like the guy. I I want to say maybe um, they had uh, the dude who like the guy is famous for Dead Space that just did the Callisto Protocol. I want maybe he worked on it. I doubt it, but we'll see. He could have worked on The Godfather for a week. Maybe, um, but they they did uh, they did get. Give me one moment. This is so weird. Uh, Robert Duvall returned. For <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. To play Unlike the first game, but no, no, wait. This is Godfather Part Two. There was a Godfather Part Two game, <laughs> also developed by uh, EA Redwood Shores. What the fuck? Yeah, and Robert you know, Duvall. Godfather Part the Godfather Two. Uh, which came out for PS3 and 360 and PC in 2009, was also developed by Visceral. Wow. Basically. They didn't EA do it. They, they, they scrapped the Wii for part two. I guess. Uh, only Robert Duvall came back for it. <laughs> which is really funny because can you imagine like old ass Robert Duvall? Because he, 
He's still alive, but he's, like, in his 90s. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, can you imagine, like, 80-year-old, like, Robert Duvall fucking secondhand lions, Robert Duvall being like, <laughs> it's me. Secondhand lions. I fucking love that movie. <laughs> Has a whole body of work. That's the guy from Secondhand Lions. Yeah, he, well, they're, Shut probably, up. they're probably like, hey, uh... We'll give you $20,000 to stand in a recording booth and repeat the same lines you said 40 years ago. But, like, that game, like, video... I don't know if he's, like, actually doing, like, video game, like, voice capture with, like... Like, do a you're-getting-hit grunt. Ugh. <laughs> I but would like, that's love like, to see that. That would, have, that would be, like, hard, you know? People would be like, no, we didn't like that. Can you take it again, Robert? I think he would be like, no. I'm Robert Duvall. I'm not gonna grunt again. For The Godfather 2 <laughs> on PS3. On PS Triple, I'm not going to grunt. Unless you want to fork over an extra $5,000. Like, I'll give you one more grunt. Yeah. The Godfather 2 video game had poor reception. Really? What, what do you know? I never would have guessed that. Yeah. The Wii version was better. I mean, the fucking... The first game from research had uh, fucking a shitload of people reprise their roles. Which is insane. Hmm. So... Did Al Pacino... Pacino? No, of course not. You think fucking Al Pacino is going to do that? Say hello to my chocolate friend. And Coppola fucking condemned the game. Of course he did. <laughs> Although the game was condemned by Francis Ford Coppola, who claimed Paramount never told him about its development. Whereas input, it does This game needs to go to hell. From several stars of the film. Including James Caan. Oh my god, that's so fucking funny. <laughs> I'll probably cut this out and put this at the end, but this is really funny. Just the way, the phrasing of that. <laughs> he condemned the game. Yeah. You, I, get, I get put this at the end. No, you should keep, we're talking no, about. No, I'm, I, I'll put this at the end. This is funnier I'll, as an Easter egg. No, this is funnier to keep in the episode. Because okay. if people are listening and it's funny, I think, <laughs> I, who cares if we're tangenting away from Ninja Turtles? That's funny. I think. Francis Ford Coppola he condemned <laughs> the game the Godfather game in 2006 he saw the Godfather on Wii and he said I hate this I'm condemning this game apparently got good reviews so I gotta get a hand, my hands on a copy of the Godfather part 1 on Nintendo Wii well then you gotta get part 2 apparently it sucked but I only you gotta play, get it I only play Wii games <laughs> I'm sorry, it didn't come <laughs> so out. So I have to stop at one. I'm sure the, <laughs> I'm sure we can get that at, at a used store. <laughs> That's fucking. It's probably two dollars. <laughs> you know what? Actually, it's probably expensive because it probably didn't sell. No, well. I don't think so. Games have to be like in demand, like the, uh, or they have to just be like the rarest. Like the That's... rarest Wii U game is like a Hello Kitty cart game, right? Exactly. Because they made like. You know, five hundred copies. If Godfather like on the Wii bombed and no one bought it, it would be hard to find, and therefore it would be more expensive. Yeah, you can get it on on eBay for fifteen dollars. I gotta buy ten copies and give them to people for Christmas. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so that's an example of a licensed game that you you just look at it and you say that's not gonna be good. Again, apparently the first one was good. It got good reviews. Oh, well. I'm... The second one didn't. And then they, were, they didn't make Godfather Part 3, the video game. You know, hit or miss. Hit or miss. That's I, I think They audio... couldn't call up Robert Duvall and be like, Hey, do <laughs> you want to be in Godfather we need Part to do, 3? We need to do a I don't even know if he's in the third movie. I, I actually have never seen Godfather 3. I've never seen any of them. Really? I watched a clip of 
the Godfather part one in class uh, of the scene where they put the hits out on everybody. Yeah. As like a, like, this is how you do editing. Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. That's a great, oh my God. That's one of the best edited scenes ever. Yeah. Um, well, if you've never seen the Godfather movies, you should start with the Wii game. <laughs> <laughs> you got to tell your kids this eventually. <laughs> All right, All kids. Right. <laughs> Here's... Get out the Wii and get out an old TV that we can play it on too because we can't play it on modern TVs. Because we don't have composite cables. Get out the CRT. Composite inputs. It's a good thing I have 15 of them. Get out get out the sensor bar so we can watch The Godfather. When did you become Italian? <laughs> when you became old, ever... Christine rubbed off on you. <laughs> Well, as you got older, you t- you took up her Italian roots. I, she she slowly every night she whispers Italian things in my she, ear, like the like Dexter's Lab on Ledoux fromage. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, it's just on loop. She uh, just whispers random Italian. She's lowering spaghetti in my ear. Uh, but you buy, yeah. you buy sixteen TVs now because she's passed away. Oh, I have this copy of Godfather on Wii. Christine didn't want me to have this p- copy of cut TV. She said no. We should get Robert Duvall to sign a copy of the Godfather on Wii. <laughs> I have to cut this out now. I can't. Put now, this we're thing. now we're tangenting. Now we're tangenting. 